You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Keith. The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Falling Skies After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Falling Skies After Show. Welcome, Bing is for Doom. We're here doing the second part of the season premiere technically episode two collateral damage now granted that technically has not a lot to do with the premiere or uh the episode one but still a good episode much yeah. more and, and and i am phil svitek joined alongside nando velasquez hey there everybody how you doing i'm doing good yeah a lot's happened since we last talked <laughs> um even though technically people who watch this it's just one hour later technically technically but a lot's happened yeah okay um so you know, let's uh, let's kind of dive into it. Let's start with the mission first. Okay. Um, only because that's kind of the, the main through line, and I always like those little bits. Uh, yeah, what did you think about it? Uh, I thought it was really interesting. I, I like the whole... Uh, I mean, it makes complete sense to have a fueling station, mm-hmm. and with all these super mechs, or, or the STDs, as, as <laughs> I like to initialize those now, the, the superior terrain devices... I believe they were called. Uh, and and uh, so the uh, Ashvedi are fueling these mega mechs uh, that, uh, that obviously the new United States of America would like to uh, stop them from doing. And also the harnessed kids that, the, uh, that they're using are dying from radiation poisoning. You know, it's just terrible to do. So they're trying to do a, a rescue. Well, not really a rescue mission. They're just trying to stop the Ashvedi from, from fueling their mega mechs. Yeah. And uh, we see a brand new character also in development for this who I feel might have a little bit more... Uh, more to play later on based on what they've been saying, Dr. Goddard. You know, it's interesting. Uh, last week, uh, you know, there was information withheld from, uh, from Dan. Now, immediately, you know, as you're watching, you go from one to the other, and there's information withheld from Tom because he didn't even know about this. And like, hey, congratulations to your team. Mm-hmm. I did it alone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, he's, he's kind of a pompous. I don't, I don't know how to feel about him, but. A little bit, yeah. yeah. Like you know, I'm a genius. A few guys, you know. He he, uh, you know, I have to look who who plays him, but he has a very Guy Pierce type of look to him and attitude okay. to his character. So I know it's not Guy Pierce, or I think they promote the hell out of it. But uh, but he reminds me a lot. Yeah, of him. It's it's Robert something. Yeah, um, I didn't have a chance to look him up. But uh, and then uh, you know, I, I did like him in the field when uh, you know uh, one of the guys gets attacked. I think they didn't call him Scott or something like that. Yeah. And he's like, okay, well, time to go in. And he's like, but there's going to be more of them in there. <laughs> <laughs> so, fine. you know, and, and kind of like Tom, you know, they're they're finally out of uh, 
the, the professor role, so to speak, and, and getting into the field. Oh, yeah. Well, Whole new regime under Tom. Yeah, well, like I said, he's a, he's a fighting champion. That's, that's what they would call him in the WWE if he was, uh, <laughs> if he was a title holder. So nice fighting reference. president. Fighting president. Exactly. Nice, nice reference. I, I, you know, I got to put my wrestling in there. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, this was a totally interesting. Uh, Dr. Goddard is very, very interesting. And, of course, they're still dealing with this mole where every single mission becomes a uh, possibility of, of being Ill- infiltrated. So, uh, so like you said, people being left in the dark just to just to make sure that this mission gets uh, gets going. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. What, what did you uh, you know in terms of the, in terms of the plan and how it was structured? Right, they're going mm-hmm. back. To, oh, uh, you know that's the only place that they don't have security for that very reason. <laughs> I just love Pope's uh, kind of mentality about it, like this is insane. Oh yeah. I mean, well, you know, Pope doesn't think uh, Tom really likes him anyway from the past two seasons. So if anyone thinks they're going to be a sacrificial lamb, it's probably going to be Pope, who, uh, you know, who you don't want to really piss off because you never know what he's going to do anyway. If I'm to have any criticism for it, though, I, I, I hate those moments of like, it's just crazy enough to work moments. And that was just like one of those moments where like, we're going to be going up against this. We're going to be going up against that. Yeah. And uh but it just might work. <laughs> I don't know. To me, it's that, you know, I, I, I don't particularly like those moments. But Well, you know what? They keep you on the edge of your seats, I guess. I mean, it was a pretty intense battle, especially, you know, seeing Weaver under fire and his crew under fire and pe- seeing people getting shot at. Oh, that's true. We, talk, we talked um, at length a little bit about last episode, you know, with, with the now that we have different weapons and things like that. So, you know, you're, you're correct in that. How did you think they, they um, mashed up now that, you know, we kind of got to see a real battle as opposed to last time it was kind of an ambush, you know, them against them and then the retaliation. But well, yeah, the, the first episode, the first hour what we saw was we saw them on the attack. The humans under the attack first, and then there was an ambush, and that's when uh, that's when the cavalry came to save them. This is a case now where uh, they thought they were going in as infiltrators, and right off the bat they were uh, they were ambushed and attacked. So it, it goes to show you. I mean, this is a war, and in war, strategy and the element of surprise is always going to uh, give somebody the edge. And as long as there's this mole who uh, happens to be sneaking in, figuring out some of these plans, if not everything about the plans, uh, they're going to have to keep being on their toes. This is, I wouldn't say this is a really a fair battle when someone's got the element of surprise on somebody else, but uh, I, w- I would still give the edge to the Eshvedi because they, with those mega mechs especially, they seem to have the manpower. This is not the same, uh, this is not the same, you know, fighting force on earth that uh they faced the first two seasons they have better weapons but that just puts them more on even ground yeah i gotta i gotta read up on world history a little bit more in terms of the battles because i you know especially if they were kind of referencing world war ii yeah i would love to see you know uh certain tactics and things like that and perhaps which real life event they they do tie into well you figure that they must pull from it, especially with tom being a history professor i would imagine the writers definitely uh study up on yeah. their Ameri- at least American and, and modern warfare. By the way, uh, f- um, the doctor is Robert Sean Leonard. Is the actor? Ah, oh, okay. And, uh, sounds very familiar. So um, I'll but, continue reading further as you, you talk, and I'll, I'll give you the full scope on who he is. <laughs> so I guess we're not prepping on him, but uh, but I did like his character a lot, and, I, and like I said, I feel like uh, they're going to use him a little more often. So I'm sure he's going to be a recurring character. He was uh, in the Manhattan Project. Um, Coincidentally, the Manhattan Project. Uh, uh, 93, Much Ado About Nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I Love You, I Love You Not. Um, I don't know if you guys kind of know that one. Um, 
uh, Glimpse of Hell, uh, a movie called Driven, oh, okay. Painted House, and, and a few episodes of Malcolm in the Middle. Maybe that's where I know him from. He sounds familiar to me for some reason, so... Yeah, of all the things, it's probably Malcolm in the Middle, perhaps. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, so yeah, very interesting. I really like the whole thing. I like the whole angle where they're uh, they're fueling in a nuclear base and they have to use a doctor to try and figure out how to destroy it without pretty much uh, giving everybody radiation poisoning. Uh, I do kind of like it was bad enough that we had the uh, harness kids are already have superpowers when they're harnessed, but they become completely feral under radiation poisoning, the ones that were still alive during the battle. So that was a little that gave them a little bit more mus- a monstrosity about them. I like the I like the part where they were kind of coming with the whole idea, right? Um, when it's the mini group. Um, when they first meet the doctor, right? And he's saying, so you would like me to figure out how to do this without uh, causing years and years of radiation. I just always love that. Look. Again, I, I, I love this doctor because he is that cynical and that... Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to figure out... The, I'll, I'll, by the end of this episode, I'll have a right whether noun or adjective for him. <laughs> but I will. I will. You wait. Well, it's the agoraphobic in him, I guess. He's just not a... Almost like a Tourette's kind of... Not Tourette's. What's the word we're thinking of? Um, Asperger's. Aspergers, maybe a little like. bit, maybe a little bit of that too. Could be, yeah. Um, but before we move on, um, I want to tell you guys about a movie, and I'll, you know what? I'm going to toot my own horn, Stephen. We need to get a toot my own horn sound effect in there. Uh, beep. There that you is, go. That is terrible. That is a horrible horn. That is terrible. <laughs> Put me on the spot, Phil. Uh, Put me what? on the spot. It's just a horn. Yeah, I know. <laughs> anyway, there you go. So. Uh, <laughs> Recently, Adventures of Serial Buddies, um, a movie that I worked on and uh, edited and produced, came out. Uh, it's available on digital downloads, whether iTunes, uh, Amazon Instant, YouTube, things like that. Um, it's available to purchase. Um, go to SerialBuddies.com. You'll get all the links there. Um, it's literally the price of a Happy Meal because we wanted to make it available to everyone mm-hmm. so that they could see it. Uh, we're getting, uh, I gotta say, we're getting really fantastic reviews from, from a lot of uh, people that have seen the movie. And so I'm very encouraged by that. You know, I was, I was always worried, but people are loving it. It's the first serial killer comedy of all time starring Henry Winkler uh, as the narrator. You got Kathy Lee Gifford, um, Beth Bears before she was in Two Broke Girls, um, Artie Lang, um, Christopher McDonald from, from uh, well, it's Happy Gilmore. a lot of stuff, yeah. I mean, I was going to say Boardwalk Empire, but Happy Gilmore in yeah. terms of comedies. Christopher Lloyd's in it. Christopher Lloyd from Back to the Future. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, Maria Menounos. Of course. And uh, so very, very funny. Go check it out available now serialbuddies.com hmm. thank you <laughs> that's how i pay the bills around here yeah great you know mm-hmm. i don't think bills are oh, anything with, well i guess they got to worry about bills there too <laughs> Bali guys yeah yeah sure all right you want to transition to more family life well yeah i mean it's just interesting to see we talked a little bit about it in the first episode the first hour that uh tom has shifted to president mode and he's a little bit less of a family man so he's been dealing more with uh, with uh, the duties of a president, and is and is letting his kids fight more in in the battles, and he seems to be okay with it. But here's the first sign of problems for Matt. Matt's starting to get a little bit um, antsy, and I guess a little bit of a delinquent, <laughs> blowing up a, a building that was going to be used for something else down the line, but causing a little bit of trouble. And Tom's too busy to really deal with it. So uh, so we get to see Anne taking on a maternal role. With uh, some of Tom's kids now that now that Anne and Tom are a couple, yeah, and you know what it did it did kind of 
Uh, it did go full circle. I mean, ob- obviously, uh, Tom wasn't there at the time he needed to be, which seems to be a recurring theme. Exactly. But then, he, you know, I think he, he had a good speech, and, uh, you know, obviously, Matt ended up apologizing to Anne. But I, I really like the speech, like, hey, you know what? When this war is over, and it may not even be during my lifetime, mm-hmm. but we'll need people that are book smart. Which I thought that was, uh, oh, that was very a very, smart. you know, very good line, because it's true. I mean, ultimately, you know, as much as... It's very easy to, like, say, all hands on deck, every man, woman, and child, grab a gun, let's go to war. But then how does society rebuild after that? Mm. And so that forward thinking, you know. uh, Yeah. Well, what's interesting, too, is I think in the first two seasons, uh, Tom has been more of a no-you-can't-do-that type of person to his kids. He's tried to hold them back. And I guess, you know, when kids are younger... You you're, you tell them what to do, but he was talking to him, and Matt was responding, and Matt was you know Matt said, you know you're not my mom to Anne before, and he admitted that he said something very mean yeah. to uh, <laughs> to Anne. This is this is Spielberg doing the family, but you always got to add a little family element to it. So this is the whole thing where With you the can camera zoom. Yeah, well you can yeah exactly where where most people can relate to that maybe having having someone say something bad to you know in a, in a similar situation and uh, having a kid deal with that kind of issue. And, and 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 in terms of you know you said it well like uh, Matt was listening so the fact that he took that action upon himself to apologize yeah. mm-hmm. showed that he not only listened it registered yeah absolutely so and I mean they're all going through their own things but I think we're going to see more of uh, we're definitely going to see more of this whole thing and I think again it, it kind of masks a lot into uh, what I think families who do watch family, uh, Falling Skies and people who do watch Falling Skies might notice. You know, a lot of people have a working parent that doesn't have time for their kids and their kids probably, you know, end up doing stuff that they're, that, you know, that they have to deal with as well. So it's all about relating, families relating. Yeah. And I think that it, as much as the storyline, the main storyline about the nuclear plant and the mole and just attacking what's going on with all the aliens, as much as that excites everybody else, you get to see a little, a little bit of a grounding uh, family affair. Not not to get too philosophical or into this, but again, I think I think for me, I take I take what the show is ultimately, you know, from from Tom's speech to Matt. In the sense, again, it's it's really about society, and, and as much as we can fight and things like that, ultimately, we got to figure out how to be at peace. Yeah, you know, and I think I think we've to an extent, I, I at least for me, what the show's saying is that we've never really figured that out, which is why we have all these wars continually. Yeah, you know. Well, what's interesting about Falling Skies, I think, and, and uh, I, I think we talked about this um, in one of the other Afterbus shows, Defiance, when we had, um, oh God, when we had... Um, Grant Bowler. Yeah, Grant Bowler on, is that a lot of sci-fi shows usually are about the end of the world or the apocalypse or about something terrible happening and, try- and human, humanity trying to survive. But uh, Defiance, and I think Falling Skies is starting to turn into that a little bit too, Defiance is really about the reinvention of humanity, persevering and establishing a new... Um, a new country or a new city. That, that's what Defiance is. Falling Skies, I think they, they, they're still under attack and it's still like danger of humanity ending. But this is the grounding stuff that is kind of like what, what Tom is saying to his son. is like, in the future, you're going to need to be smart. You know, we're going to need to grow this country again. A lot of that is both both actually Falling Skies and Defiance, I think, fall in the same way, especially um, Falling Skies because of Tom's historical background with U.S. history and such. It is really about the rebuilding of a nation, of a planet, of whatever. So there's a lot of that there that I think a lot of other sci-fi shows don't show as much of. And, you know, you get to a point uh, with war where, okay, if the sides are equally matched to an extent, mm-hmm. which seem, which it seems to be the case now. Right now, yeah. You know, obviously one side can't all of a sudden now demolish the other 
um, especially without putting itself in jeopardy. And so there is that element of like, okay, now you have more day-to-day life rather than just constant combat. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you, you know, you got to fill that time in some sort of way. Oh, absolutely. And so that's, that's what we're starting to see now, I think. Yeah. Um, and it kind of gives us a little break from the action sometimes, too. Meanwhile, we have other things going on, but, uh, but it's kind of nice to see that. Huh? Anti-Volm? Well, the anti-Volm stuff, I mean, that, too. And I was thinking of, of baby Alexis, also. I was jumping ahead uh, to, like, yeah, yeah. Anne's got to deal with, you know, she's talking to <laughs> Tom's sons, and at the same time, she's got creepy creepy baby Alexis. Uh, but still nothing definitive with that, though, right? <laughs> I mean, what, what's your theories? About Alexis? I mean, she... Well, I mean, the fact that she's tracking ahead of her age when she's doing the hand thing, I mean, that that's impressive, I guess, but nothing really that says this baby's psycho or crazy or something's wrong with it, but the fact that the baby just all of a sudden started hiding and that weird laugh that the baby... And the, and the baby saying mama and then having this weird... I don't even want to mimic it, but it's like, hey, Steve, do the laugh. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but that weird, like, <laughs> kind of laugh it was just really really like spooky and uh is Anne losing her mind i don't know then tom comes in and plays with the baby and she kind of hides it a little bit so uh it could be could be alexis it could be Anne. i don't know but it's still kind of weird it is weird and you know what um it's always interesting you know uh as they grow closer as a family it's it's um this is a line from i think uh shameless where the most broken up families are the ones who keep secrets from each other and so it's going to be interesting, mm. you know, uh, you know, whether it is Anne or it's the baby at fault. The fact that Anne's keeping that secret, I think, ultimately is going to, you know, uh, push the family further and further. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and especially when she's already having uh, trouble with mm-hmm. the rest of his kids and things like that. You yeah. know, that's only going to further isolate them. Well, again, I think it's another issue where she knows Tom's being president and she's trying to deal with everything as best as she can. And she'll admit something yeah, to no Tom. Ma- but no crazy ma- baby, I don't think she could just talk about crazy baby, really. Yeah, but that's, what, that's what ultimately, like, again, it's, if it's one of those things where, like, uh, I'm trying to think of, like, an example. Let's say, uh, you know, one, one of the kids isn't doing his homework. Okay, maybe you don't bring that up to Tom. It's something, you know what I mean? Like, like you don't want to bother him with that. You, you'll, you'll deal with that one. Yeah, if one of the kids isn't eating his vegetables, right? That's, <laughs> that's lesser on the scale than, like, hey, this, this baby that was just born, it's creepy as shit. <laughs> so, you know, you have to weigh some of these different things. Yeah. And I don't think she's weighing them properly. Well, again, I guess it, it definitely a lot worse than what we saw in the first episode or a lot different, I mean, other than creepy baby staring at her from, from the grid. Uh, but um, you know, not doing anything major yet, like yeah. flying or, or you know, the baby's not the mole as far as we know. I don't think the baby could fit in gloves and stand that tall in a in a trench coat. But uh, you know, yeah, that would be funny. That would be funny actually. Well, the baby was the wasn't baby. even born at the time. So. <laughs> well, there you so go. That's, out. that's true too. So the baby was being born when it happened. Yeah. So uh, when the, when uh, Arthur died. But uh, but yeah. So it's just a little weird. But I'm sure it's going to be one of those things where every episode we're going to have a little crazy Alexis moment and it's really going to be interesting to see how they're going to add to these little... Do you think it's going to be a slow build or is it going to be one of those things where by let's say mid-season we'll have something? That's a good question. I think it will be uh, I think it'll be a little more of a slow build. Okay. I, I think it's going to be something that's going to culminate toward the end of uh, of the season. What is this, American Horror Story? <laughs> Maybe. Well, it's just so many other things going on. I think I think there are other questions that need to be answered first. So they they're going to have fun with uh, Baby Alexis for a while. I don't think it's okay. something that needs. I don't think it's something that needs to be answered right away. Right. If anything, it's probably something that they can have fun with for a while. 
They can, yeah. That the I mean, it's going to be interesting how far they can take it. <laughs> yeah. Really I'm trying to think of what to expect this week but uh, with episode three, but we'll see. I'm sure they'll add some stuff. Yeah. They'll find something. Um, but, you know, uh, I know we skipped over the anti-Volm stuff, if you want to go... Well, we never, we never got into it. We never really got into it, really. Well, I guess... Um, it's just really interesting seeing, uh, we saw Cochise a little bit uh, toward the end of the episode, but really this whole mission was just the humans. And they were the ones, you know, Weaver and Pope, and then they were being put at risk because of this mole. And uh, we get to hear Pope talk a little bit more about, so what is it with these guys? You know, uh, he, he feels, I think I wrote down from the beginning of the episode, he talks about how he doesn't trust them and how you watch you know, they're not going to just save this planet and then leave. Next thing you know, we'll be uh, serving hot dogs and super slurpees to some uh, some fish heads or, or yeah, to, to some of these guys, bubblehead guys. So um, and this is Pope being Pope. And but he makes he's making sense. And he has this uh, conversation with Weaver and Weaver shuts him down, pretty much saying, we're the Walmart. We put our asses on the line. They're supposed to be our partners in this. And yet we're the ones that are at risk. And uh, even though Weaver shuts him down, Weaver has a conversation with Tom about it later on. So it's definitely something that we should be aware of more and more. That we've only seen one, we've only seen one film so far, and it's Cochise, and he just pretty much comes in, and he's just like saying, "Yeah, you guys are gonna get attacked." <laughs> just letting you know. Yeah, I mean, he's he's not the ba- best uh, orator, or whatever you want to call him. <laughs> um, here's the, the problem with me. It's it's with Pope in particular. It's too easy to be negative. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's why you don't like him. No, well, because okay, yeah, of course. Uh, and, and throw any life situation, and mm-hmm. it, yeah, you can take the negative at it and, and just poke holes at it, and, yeah. and you will, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you're gonna be right, yeah, because it's easier to be right in that circumstance rather than like okay, you know, uh, rather than having perhaps faith or what you want to whatever you want to call it as Thomas, mm. you know, and so that's why I don't I don't like Pope. Okay. Fans, you can hate me, but that's why. No, I mean, I think he. I mean, uh, I saw some of the comments from uh, our first episode. I think one one person oh, in particular no. agreed with you. No, agreed oh, okay, with you. Okay. So I don't know if he's really uh, the big fan. I think he's a fun character in comparison to everyone else because he does what he wants to do. Uh, he can be a little bit negative, but I will say this: I, I think he's speaking a lot of sense. I think he's saying what the audience is thinking this episode. Like, why haven't we seen enough of this new alien race? And, uh, yeah, where are they? I thought they're, they're our partners, but they, you've barely seen Cochise at all. I, I, mean, I agree. He's very much, uh, he's the skeptic, uh, character in the, in the, in the show. And I get it. He's, um, he reminds me too much of, uh, in the matrix. Who's the guy that, that, um, you know what I'm talking about? The, the guy that they all hate that eventually turns on them. The guy they all hate in the... In the Matrix, the first one. Forget the rest of them. Oh, God. I can't remember right now. But you know who he reminds me of? And I was going to say that. I wasn't going to give a Matrix reference. I was going to give Battlestar Galactica that reference. All right. That's that's way nerdier than mine. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. But it's... it's, What's his name? Now I was going to ask you. (laughs) What's the guy's name? He... um, Oh, I got to look him up because it's going to kill me now. Forgive me. Everyone's like, what the hell? These guys don't know these characters' names. You know what? We don't know those names. It would be funny if we took a 30-second break and just both looked up these just do, let's just do like a little Je- uh, Jeopardy music while I look this up really Steven, quick. Steven, tell them about the new website. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> Nando and I will look up these names. 
We have a fantastic new Nev site at Nev Nev site. Oh my Steve god! needs to look this up. Too. We have a great new website here at AfterBuzz TV that's in production by Phil Svitek for a very very long time, and it has now finally gone live. And it is pretty awesome. Now we no longer have a differentiation between studios. You just go on the website, click on the show you want to watch, and it is live and streaming. Or if it's not, you can just click on it and watch any of the previous shows and comment on them and watch them and listen to them and yell at them. And yeah, there you go. Well, it's, it's a one-stop destination um, for everything you want. You know, it's rather than ha- have it kind of be segmented throughout the internet. Um, now everything's just kind of funneled there for you. You have the videos there, the audios there, you have pictures there. You know, um, from the shows we discuss. You know, if we bring in some news and gossip, you can check out the articles there, things like that. So it's it's everything you'd ever wanted just in one place. There you go, Cipher. Cipher. Oh God, it's such an easy name to remember. And then mine, he, I, I, I I'm thinking Pope is a more uh, macho, a less sniveling version of Doctor Gaius Gaius Baltar. So okay. yeah. yeah, so Gaius Baltar, who who obviously is uh, you know always at odds, but sometimes speaks the truth about certain things. But he's just incredibly selfish too, just in more of a sniveling like I love my life type of way. I don't want to die. I don't want to you know and, and power hungry kind of way. Pope I think just doesn't give a crap. He, he'll he'll leave when he has to. But he does. He's he's liking the power right now that he has for Pope Town yeah. and the fact that he owns his own bar uh, where everybody knows your name. And <laughs> and you know what? The, the, here's the here's um, the symbolism there. Owning a owning your own bar. Um, you know, obviously, like who's gonna go? You people can't go to Tom's house. Yeah, people can't necessarily you know just appear in front of Tom and things like that. But mm-hmm. but you have a lot of influence. Pardon the pun at a bar. Oh yeah, you know because you're feeding basically people what they want to be fed. And you know, and, and like last time, like hey, drinks on the house. Who's not gonna like you? Yeah. You know, and so so he's the man that people can easily love. Yeah, exactly. And there's, there's, there's a danger to that. It, it, it makes him more and more dangerous. And I think we're going to see oh, we're going to see him in that kind of position more and more where he's going to again, he's speaking right now what people are thinking. And he even though Weaver doesn't like him that much and Weaver shut him down when he was arguing about where's the volume, where, where are these guys while we're busy risking our lives. Weaver's listening. Yeah. So I think that's the beginning of of, a, of a, something you're going to see with Pope uh, moving forward. Yeah. So I totally think. And here's the other thing about the volume I wanted to bring up. When Cochise came out, uh, Cochise was saying that when they when uh, his race first arrived on Earth, they had their doubts of the volume's chances of success. But now, you know, now that uh, they see the way the humans are fighting, now they feel confident that they're going to succeed. But what is their mission again? And and here, here you know, are they? Are they just happy that the humans are weakening the Echvedi or, or, or what, you know? And, and then the other thing that's really surprising is he's so nonplussed when he says, oh, yeah, you know what? They're gathering their forces. They're going to get every single supply they can. Just because you took down that nuclear plant, they're going to get every single resource and, and you know, uh, attack on Charleston harder than they've ever heard, hard, you know, attacked before. It's like when you're, like you said, he's not a really good orator. When you're, when you're yeah. an army, you really don't want to hear someone say, oh, yeah, you're going to get your butts uh, handed. You, you, get ready. Get ready because you're going to get your butts. Uh, and, you know, what? Th- this, could be a, this could be an intentional byproduct of the fact that, you know, you can't read emotion on his face. Yeah. Which obviously, you know, emotion is, is very human. Yeah. You know, and so so that's a nice little element to it if they're doing that on purpose. I guess so. And Doug Jones, I mean, he plays all these weird alien type characters all the time anyway. So I think he, he does a really good job of uh, of uh, masking his himself as an alien, I suppose. Yes. 
Um, so. You want anything else about the villain that no, we? No. I mean, really, just just that again. Hopefully, we get to see more of them. Uh, but I guess they're just going to be a mystery. But again, I, I feel I, I want to save it to predictions. But I, I definitely yeah. feel like we're going to see more. I mean, the only other thing of note in this episode because the mission with Doctor Kadar and just seeing him as a main character was was the big part of this episode. Uh, was probably just the ending with Hal, where Maggie is finally, you know, wakes up in the middle of the night and sees Hal gone and finally um, wakes him up <laughs> and, uh, out of his sleep and he's already standing in the woods. And I like how they kind of addressed it, you know, um, when when they're out and, about, you know, uh, she, like how, you know, she, she brings up the shoes, right? Because mm-hmm. it was kind of left as a sort of a cliffhanger, like, where's this going? Yeah. And, you know, she she brings it up to him. Um, and so it's nice to kind of now we're, you know, doing something about it rather than waiting. Yeah. You know, and so she immediately sees it and jumps on it. And we'll get so. to see. And again, it just seems like it's exactly what Karen said, that, uh, that this parasite, that, that he, the reason why he can't walk is because he's been fighting the parasite. But I guess when he's not thinking or when he's sleeping, he yeah. can walk supposedly freely. Although I, it's, a, it's a question whether he's walking freely of his own will or she's commanding him with the parasite to walk in the woods so she could have sex with him and have her back glowing again or something. So uh, it's an interesting thing that we get to see uh, if he snaps out of his, uh, his condition and is able to walk during the day when he's awake. Now, uh, obviously they had their kind of tiff and, and uh, he went out, he went at um, her, you know, right? Because um, he accused her of kind of flirting. Yes, to an extent. And, yeah, uh, with Lars. Yeah, in the beginning, it's in, it's interesting. Uh, kind of, you know, uh, already in in that respect, Trouble in Paradise already that you know technically episode two that split mm-hmm. you know between them happening and and to see how strong it will ultimately be because I think I think uh, perhaps like the baby, like the mole, and now him, they could be three very pivotal um, characters, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, to what will happen and ultimately the fate of Charlestown, let's say, at least for this season. Yeah. No, I can agree with that. They definitely seem to be characters that they're building their storyline and they're definitely going to have a part to play. Uh, uh, Whether Hal's under Karen's control or not and uh, whether he wants to go back to her. I mean, he was jealous of Maggie, but of course he's having what he thinks are these sex dreams with Karen. Which are real. Which are really real. So he doesn't realize he's cheating on Maggie, but he's jealous. He's jealous about Maggie flirting, even though he's having, he's having sex with Karen in his dreams. So to him. Yes. <laughs> realistic, you know, kind of realistic dreams that he doesn't realize are really real. Yeah. <laughs> so quite interesting there. Um, want to get into predictions? Yeah, sure. Let's go straight to predictions. And now, you're after Buzz TV. I will say the fun part for us um, is that we're not going to have to wait too long because we're going to get episode three kind of pretty much in the next couple hours for us. Yes. Since we're doing this a little bit late for you fans. Yeah, absolutely. So. Well, I think for me, I'm kind of hinting at it, but I really see Pope taking, I I really see people following Pope more and more, partly because of the bar, partly because I guess exactly what I said. He's saying what people are thinking and, and people are going to die. Lars died, you know, Lars died uh, this last episode. People are at risk and the Volm are just hanging out, just saying, oh yeah, you just keep doing what you're doing. Uh, we're going to build this weapon, but they don't put themselves at risk. And I really think that it's going to come to a point, maybe not, maybe not in a couple of hours, but later on this season where Pope might even make a run for presidency That'd against be- Tom. Uh, that would that would be interesting, uh, yeah, especially uh, to kind of test democracy and the stability of this 
society, yeah. you know, and, and ultimately like, okay, do we let the people vote or is that a terrible, terrible <laughs> idea? You know, I mean, yeah. uh, to borrow from Batman, you either die a hero or live long enough to so- see yourself become the villain. There Tom. you go. He's yeah. already got Pope Town, so why can't he take the rest of the United States, the new United States of America? So, uh, Which is Charleston. <laughs> which is just 18 blocks of Charleston, 20 blocks of Charleston. You know, so uh, <laughs> for me, um, again, I, th- I think uh, it'll be very pivotal with the with the new baby, and I, I, I think that'll develop quickly, a, a little bit more quicker than you predict. Yeah. Um, I think certainly by the midpoint of this season we'll see something and okay um but I, i'm excited and i, I want to know who this mole is i need we need more hints i, I i'm still gonna say it's Zachary molina gloria rubin's character okay so that's that's where i'm going for maybe they're hitting me up for a swerve but that's what i that's what i see maybe anyway thank you guys for tuning in um as always you can find us here at AfterBuzz tv or heck just check out the new website yeah i'm excited i want to get on it in the meantime, uh, you guys can check also Nando out on the new website and has all of his links. But if you're too lazy, he'll give you his his uh, his my social... Twitter handle at least is Nando Vallo N A N D O V E L. What about Instagram? You're new to Instagram. Oh yeah, I'm uh, Instagram. I think it's the same thing, Nando Vallo on Instagram. So there you go. on both, check, check out cool photos from Nando. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what photos he's posted yet. Anyway, um, thank you guys again, and uh, you know, be sure to continue us with the season. Rate and comment. Let us know what you guys are thinking. And heck, if you guys like my anti-pope talk, keep it coming. Keep supporting. Thank you. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.